0: Welcome to the Future of Tourism podcast. I'm David Peacock.
1: Stop owning your own content. Young leaders are stepping up. Bring everyone to the table. And imagine their world anew.
0: There are examples around the world of successful, progressive, and inclusive experiments that have significantly changed what it is we do as destination organizations. All of them are big, wild, and audacious ideas. All of them had to break the status quo and open up the opportunity for real engagement with their communities and citizens. Now think about this. A tourism organization that has redefined itself as a social enterprise a social enterprise with a mandate to serve over 800,000 residents. A co-creative entity committed to ensuring tourism is a resilient force for good for the island and its people. An organization built on the vision of an enduring, vibrant, and sustainable visitor economy. The organization is 4VI, or 4 Vancouver Island, and the man behind the team that is 4VI is Anthony Everett. Oh yeah, one more thing. It's working.
1: Good
0: morning, Anthony Everett. How are you? Where are you? What's it like?
1: Good morning, David. Pleasure to be here. Um, I am in Nanaimo, British Columbia, which is Shinamuk territory, which is in the traditional territories of the New nulth Coast Salish, and Kwakwakiwak peoples. And um, funny enough, we've just had a, a bit of a snow issue the last few days, which we don't get on very temperate Vancouver Island. and so. Um, I'm looking outside my window here and there is actually some snow on the ground which is ruffles a lot of people's feathers around it if you can believe it but anyway it's beautiful so
0: as I understand it you have had a, a sort of a winter of weird weather we were there for impact in January and it was pretty unseasonably cold at one point
1: yeah I mean I think when you were hearing impact yeah it's been up and down at Christmas we had some snow and then But, you know, this is climate change and you really do see these fluctuations. And, um, uh, you know, I spent some I grew up in Vancouver and I spent some time in northern British Columbia. And when I first got there in the mid 2000s, there were some cold winters and then it all changed. And now they're, you know, they're we're all going through this. And it's uh, it's interesting what it brings. Every year seems to be different. That's for sure
0: it is fascinating uh, here in ontario paris ontario it's the river freeze cycle the river you know used to freeze solid stay that way for two months and now it's every two to three weeks it's a, a completely different cycle it, it's uh, it makes for a very interesting biology and and and, and spring runoff situations
1: yeah, all right so
0: here we go Four vi it's a huge concept you and i have been around the world i've heard you speak about it can you frame it for us what is 4Vi? We're speaking to our destination partners, and sure. 4Vi is pretty cool. It's pretty unique, but it needs some explaining.
1: Yeah, sure. So, so I mean, there, there's a couple ways to approach it. I'll approach it first by the, um, the the business form, which is in Canada at least, and your your listeners will be from other parts of the world. And what I've discovered with this idea of a social enterprise is in Canada, it's still a relatively new form of of work. Um, Um, And all it is, is you have a product or a service that you sell um, and that you position in a marketplace, but you invest all the revenues and all the proceeds go into a social purpose. And that's really what a social enterprise is. Um, A lot of people will equate it to social responsibility, but it's not. It's not. It's more than that. It's taking your products and investing what you make into a social purpose. So this is a new concept in Canada relatively. And it's much more sophisticated in the United Kingdom, for example, uh, because we've done this, I've been lucky enough to be in touch with a number of social enterprises in the UK. And they're even monitored by a part of government to make sure that they're living up to their social purpose obligations. Um, And then the other approach is um, from a tourism systems perspective, right? Like where we're building new impact and therein kind of lies our story um, if you we're not even a year old yet so in April April beginning of April of 23 will have been a year old and when we launched this um and, you know, the work about nine months preceding when we launched in April of last year, uh, I didn't know what a social enterprise was. And we discovered this through talking to a lot of people. You did some work online and we we did a lot of the heavy lifting ourselves. But what we learned was it was the perfect form of business for where we are and the problem we saw ahead of us. Um, And it serves this need that we feel really deeply that tourism needs to be a force for good. It's not always a force for good. And what can we do to take resources and bring them to bear on social impacts that tourism is having? on Vancouver Island. So, um, you know, as I've told this story time and time again, and you've heard me, um, I think we were in Tel Aviv together at a European summit of destinations. In, in that moment, I mean, there was a, there's was there been a lot of fascination on the business form within the tourism system. But for me, what is most important is that we are hundred percent laser focused on making a difference to the people that live on Vancouver Island. So it's more than just the form of business or the form within tourism. It's just been really interesting to see how the industry by and large has responded, mostly positive, but there has been some um, concern or constructive elements uh, that have come to us about the form of business. And to me, uh, that's not what's important. What's important, we've chose a form of business because of the needs of our own business. This was, it was a simple business need. But well, that, so
0: let, let, it, let's talk about that then yeah, because the sure. simple business need is really useful because it's not like Anthony Everett, 4VI was conjured out of nothing. You had a traditional um, sort of role and function tourism problem. You, 4VI in its previous iteration was essentially a regional tourism office,
1: right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, when I've talked to you many times, David, you use the term RTO. So that's used for other places. Um, In in the British Columbia context, it's called it was called a term I never used and I'm not comfortable with, but I'll use it here. It's called an RDMO, which is a regional destination management or marketing organization. Um, But at the end of the day, for us um, as an organization, Tourism Vancouver Island has has existed as an organization for 60 years. Okay, so for 60 years we were trying to attract attention to people to travel to Vancouver. That was our gig. And, um, you know, we did it through marketing and we would have engaged in some few other things, but really it was about marketing. And then a number of years ago, and so I can remember the moment it was, I was hired as CEO in January of 2018 and then by 2019, I said to my board of directors, I said, who are made up of tourism businesses on back around, I said, we're turning into blockbuster video. So, and to me, what that says is that we aren't moving, you know, blockbuster isn't with us for a reason. And I, I was really concerned as an organization, we weren't going to, uh, stand the test of time as a business, because we were so focused on wanting to be something we were no longer receiving funds from government to, to deliver. Mm-hmm. So it, it it took us on a direction where we started to hire people and we started to take on contracts that were helping serve communities on Vancouver Island. So a lot of them were marketing contracts and things like that. And that and that we started to explore this idea, but it was really to build our business and quite honestly to remain sustainable and to be here, right? It was it was to not be blockbuster video. And then the pandemic came. And it really those two moments were the moments that really said we need to be different. We can be different and people should demand of us to have more of a social lens on what we're doing. Meanwhile, and to end this part of it, because it's kind of complicated, tourism, wherever it is in the world, comes to us through a system. So destinations are represented through community, through regions, through province, through countries. And in Canada, that system exists what we're really trying to do here as a social enterprise is stand kind of serve the serve that system adjacent. So we want to be seen as serving our communities and the people who live here through our social purpose or sorry, our social enterprise, which we take contracts, and we deliver contracts and we make fees and those fees will be reinvested in social impacts of tourism. And um, and how we see we do that best is adjacent to The traditional system and therein lies you know some people struggle with the idea that we're doing but we feel that the success of what we're now delivering only one year into this really shows that this is a model that we can use now my caution is i don't know if a social enterprise is the model for everyone out there but it certainly works for us but i do believe that everyone can pay attention to the social responsibility of what we're you know what we do so when you think about for 60 years our organization was really focused on how many people were traveling to vancouver island and how much room revenue it created and all those things and all that continues but we're going to focus on how do we make sure trail systems are healthy here how do we make sure trails have composting toilets you know on and on those are the things that we're going to focus
0: on and 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 just to be clear those are things that you know albeit they had a place in our mind pre-pandemic and and i and i think of um uh pennsylvania a racetown lake and and the dmo there who said you know in the pandemic oh my god the investment we made in trails came back tenfold during the pandemic we need to do more of this and just reinforce good behavior the other thing the pandemic reinforces this destinations cannot be locally irrelevant and succeed survivors certainly not be sustainable or regenerative so you're you're in this moment um You also had a bunch of funding pulled, which made it an easier decision to say, boy, we better do something different here. Um, It's a hard decision. It's a decision, I believe, that a lot of our peers are on the crux of making, which is how do I go to my board? How do I go to my stakeholders and build a consensus around an idea that we should be something different? I I think Eliza Voss is doing it. in Aspen, with their with their compression capacity and comfort mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. I think uh, ooh, plenty of other places struggling with it, especially you know in, in the mid south, in in terms of over tourism. But uh, thoughts about how you make that decision? How if you if you're another DMO, or, like you said, it's not the same. It won't be a social enterprise. It could be an mm-hmm. infrastructure. but but how do you get to that in a world where, truth be told, Anthony, you could have cooled your heels and made it through the pandemic, and Four VI would still be doing the same thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, David, like the honest answer is to that last part of it is sometimes I wish I'd done that because it was, it was, you know, it's easy, but I've never been somebody that, you know, I, I've always worked in this not-for-profit world. I've been involved in sport and other things. And I, and I've come to the conclusion at my time of life that it's because I have a certain passion. I I didn't, you know, I didn't want to work within the corridors of government, which many friends and colleagues have done. It's a different, it's a different dynamic. So for, for, for people out there, yeah, it's exciting time for these destinations that are really recognizing their role can be different. You know, for me, for us, I read a book and it's part of the story. It was called the obstacles, the way, and it's by Ryan holiday. And it's really about stoic philosophy that there are problems in front of all of us at any time in our lives. And how do you take a, not just get past the problem, but how do you take advantage of that? So it created this idea that I started thinking through and it was, well, we can be different as an organization. And I look back in time and think, okay, so we had a new agreement with our provincial uh, crown corporation called Destination British Columbia. It wasn't exactly what we had hoped our place in this system was, but it made us examine, well, wait a minute if we look at this differently, we look at it as an opportunity, then we can actually make the decision. And what I'm driving at is in that moment, we made a decision to be different. We chose to be different. And I think everyone can and make that. I, I look back and go, wow, if we got everything we'd ask government for, if we've got millions of dollars for marketing and millions of dollars for, you know, this term destination management, where would we be today? And I actually think this is where we want to be, right where we are in making this difference. And I, I think it's a good and a bad thing for places that have, they have dedicated resources, right? So, you know, you're a community and you have a flow of funds and visitation is good and you have your funds and then you have to convince a group of stakeholders. And sometimes those are accommodations and resorts and things like that, that, Hey, we need to actually, put our purpose different from bringing more people here to serving the people of the resident, and that would be that's a really challenging discussion and for us we were able to make this change because we had a business driver and now we can we can influence others and so I think that people you know again for for us it's a simple equation the simple equation is we cannot stand here as tourism professionals I guess or Um, you know, asking people to visit our destination without recognizing that these impacts are real in communities. And when in the pandemic, when we were before small town mayors, and they were saying, why do we need this? We're funding you? Why do why are we funding you? I can't drive my car into my driveway. And so I thought to myself, well, you know, we all thought, well, this is the moment we have to look at this differently and really have a different discussion. And it's not easy. It's not an easy discussion with people invested in tourism, but it's easy for the people who live in communities, because communities, they're, you know, people who, like, I think, you know, I, I think I've heard you say, but I've heard others say, and I believe this, by and large, people that live on Vancouver Island, they don't care about what I do. They don't care about tourism, really. They, they, they care about what happens in their community and what they can do in these communities. And when, that's when really you, where I want to dig in. When, that, when you right?
0: have a discussion with the mayor who says, oh, come on, I can't drive my car, I mean you're reaching, but you're you're sort of saying, well, you know, unless we tackle this head on, we'll never solve the problem of people not being able to drive their cars. And and we see it, we see that compression in lots of little towns. A little town I live in in Ontario, Paris now is seeing massive weekend compression because of its, you know, proximity to the river. The point is, the social enterprise that's 4 VI, the long-term one of the long-term um, objectives is is this cue point, this point where you can drive your car, where the resident comes and shares. I mean, you like to talk a lot, and, and you mentioned in the, in the past you know, uh, Copenhagen, Signe, Youngersteads, mm-hmm. come and be a local. All of those things mm-hmm. inspired us. Um, but I'm going to ask you this: when it comes down to doing businesses for Vi, let's 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 uh, you know let's not um, uh, obscure the matter here. 4 Vi, still does business in a very a very all the traditional things in tourism, you have four uh, major pillars or col- columns, as you call them in the mm-hmm. model: mm-hmm. business, mm-hmm. communication, mm-hmm. culture, and the environment. But you're really, in, in essence, you're still playing that that um, catalytic role. You're just now driving awareness of the island off the backs of authentic stories and people, driving media rather than it coming through your central channel and your primary purpose being this website thing that was, you know maker right mm-hmm. now you're now you're enabling those stakeholders. Tell me about the last 12 months when you went out there, because I do believe that if your story had not been as big as a social enterprise, I'm not sure you would have got the traction you needed with the stakeholders to get them to listen and say, is something different really going on here or is it just yeah,
1: the same? Yeah. Yeah. I mean I I every day I talk to my team, we talk about the bullshit bullshit leader, if I can say that, about <laughs> like this has got to be a real thing. And so it started in the right direction. No, you know, by and large, i it's been a real eye-opener for me because we did this because there was a business reason. We thought it was the right thing to do, and then it took off. And when you talk to people on Vancouver Island about what we're doing, they get it instantly. When I would tell them that I worked at Tourism Vancouver Island, and they'd say, oh, well, what, what do you do? And they'd be like, is that some marketing or whatever? They 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 really didn't understand it. But when you start talking about wanting to provide benefits to in a social way, i I cannot tell you how defining it has been for all of us here, whether it's elected level uh, environment you know um, economic development people uh, bis- but the businesses themselves have really gravitated towards this idea because all of them exist in communities whether it's small town or big town and they all want to do the right thing by the people who live there. They're all trying to grapple with this issue. And so when they saw us as making a change that is talking about sustainability and climate action, and other issues. And not only that, but changing our governance, where people who live here have access into our governance here. I mean, the conversation just changed almost instantly. And it's been really interesting is where the tourism industry has been slow to respond positively. Well, I shouldn't say that actually by and large, it's been very positive at the business level, but the structures that we support and have been a part of traditionally have not all gravitated to it Some have, Mm -hmm. by and large, European destinations that have been, they're the ones that have called me repeatedly. I've done, I'm doing a presentation at ITB coming up because in Europe, they're really interested in this social, like tourism is impacting social good, right? They, they see that. And in Canada, it hasn't been responded to as quickly. I I think the day is coming. But anyway, I, I, think it's really,
0: I think it's really important though you point out the business link on that because I was asked the question literally yesterday, I had to write a little piece on what is it? Businesses are. How do we track the attention of businesses as destinations and destination organizations? And you know, you think about. You say, well, hang on. Businesses are attracted to things that are endorsed and valued by the community. It's almost a, a straight route back to Jack Johnson and his community shared values. You know, we like water treatment plants because we like clean water. We like you know uh, professional services because we like good you know mental health opportunities in you know, places. You know what's, what's, you know, what's the social value of tourism? Um, if you don't start doing 4VI type stuff, it becomes it becomes a computation of cash register rings and it really doesn't attract anybody. I mean, it's great to, to make money while the sun shines, but we all know that imperial model is being sort of a shoot around the world. So, you know, really what, you know, that idea that you've engaged with destinations and you're asking them, What's the social value of tourism? That's a very it's a it's a powerful thing.
1: Yeah, I and mean, it's at the destination level what we call destination level. Again, you know, communities they don't they don't see themselves that way. They are a community, and there's businesses in that community. And we I've always felt passionately like if you like to take your family out for breakfast on a Sunday morning or on a brunch or whatever, that that business can only exist if pe- people in the community support it along with people who are visiting mm-hmm. that that community. And so I guess part of the story of Four VI is that. We helped launch this thing that we called the Tourism Resiliency Program that ended up serving, you know, it, we, we we uncovered in the pandemic and covered millions of dollars to help support businesses and first survive. So it was created on Vancouver Island, mm-hmm. about 600 plus businesses we supported with experts and all that. And then it changed over time. And here's where it changed. That was super interesting. By the, by the year two of the pandemic, you know what? We wanted businesses, number one thing they wanted to help us with was helping them be more of a sustainable business it wasn't wow. attracting more more people to their business they, wow. they needed help with that but they didn't want us doing it they just wanted to know how do i reach more people so that was one thing but the number one thing they wanted they wanted to know how they could be more sustainable as a business and very closely after that was they were wondering how they could be more and we haven't solved this one yet there's many things we haven't solved but is helping businesses be more um carbon neutral or understand their carbon footprint so that was the the second one and it wasn't you know really what we expected but i think what businesses were seeing is the feedback they were getting was they'd come through this time they've learned to adapt and survive and they wanted to uh, you know be have a stronger place in their community and so. That, that was part of what went into our thinking.
0: But isn't the beauty of that one too this, that what they asked you for, the sustainability piece, it wasn't like they asked you for new roller skates or, or a marquee. They asked you for something that the visitor and the traveler is starting to value more and more and more. So they're saying, we get it, we get it. You know, We position ourselves as a sustainable place. I want to be a sustainable business. And we know the traveler is becoming tremendously more discerning and the beauty of that one is it, it doesn't it's 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 virtuous it's a virtuous uh, circle in some sense because it just makes the island more sustainable it builds competence and confidence among your businesses and you know as much as traditional tourism marketing models can okay, what are you doing playing in sustainability why well, is your role of function there you say because the long term prospects of the visitation of this island are completely tied to sustainability that's yeah, why I mean, people come
1: yeah I mean I I would say um what you said earlier I should have I wanted to mention was that we we still market Vancouver Island we mm-hmm. tell the sustainability story we' we're, we're not we're not we're not going doing traditional ads we're not you know we're not doing that stuff what we're doing is we're trying to make sure that people know who come here how we're attempting to be the most sustainable place for communities and and residents who live here because it's important to people here and so it's a different way of you know I I think that the industry by and large has been a little there's still slowly gaining ground on this idea that tourism isn't just about attracting people to a place it should also be the helping tell the story of the Mm -hmm. place differently Mm -hmm. and that's something that we're still working on but i I guess that's a lesson learned i i've been really taken aback by um you know we had a golden mail at the end of the year included vancouver island in a feature of 10 other destinations in the world that have signed the glasgow declaration around uh being um carbon neutral by 2030 Mm -hmm. and um or 2050 and cut, cut our carbon in half by 2030 and have a plan anyway we were chosen Partly because the destination, but we were chosen because our organization changed as a into this social purpose. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, like, here we are. That's marketing. Like, that's actually telling the story of Vancouver Island.
0: It's not just marketing. It's massively effective, embedded social marketing that sends a message in the form of information. It's the best kind of marketing.
1: It is. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean there's so it just opens so much i just can't believe at this you know this point in my career just how differently my thinking is <laughs> i mean every minute i think about everything i do my family i have a young you know a young daughter you know we we went spring break last year before we launched this thing we went to hawaii for two weeks now i think would i do that trip again like i actually think through i hear or you. how yeah. would i do it like i just think so differently about because our impacts are real and i'm just mm-hmm. You know, you see it every day in the place you live. And I don't want to make those same impacts when I travel somewhere. So I'm constantly thinking, and I'm sure we all are. And I think, you know, I don't know. I, I will, this is, it's going to be a fascinating journey. Though.
0: That's what it I we're All right, so we're, we're running up on time, but let's let's talk about this for a second. The population down is about 800,000, right? Yeah. All right, you see more than 4.5 million visitors a year. And just, just so the rest of the world knows the island is an island it's not so people hear vancouver and they hear vancouver island if you don't live here maybe you don't get it the island is an island it's off the coast it's it's a 20 it's a 15 minute flight by a puddle jumper um four and a half million visitors to eight does doesn't really paint the picture though because you know that that's sort of five or six to one ratio is actually exacerbated. Look at places like Torfino, where I've heard it's three hundred to one in terms of visitors to residents. Right?
1: Yeah, it's about right. Yeah, that's right.
0: So again, you know, looking at the long term prospects of of the island, you could you could not do this, but in five years that'll be six hundred to one or seven, and then we won't be walking through those forests. We just won't because it's it, it can't be maintained at that those kind of levels, can it?
1: No, I mean this is. I mean we saw in the pandemic, but we we've seen since the pandemic even these the real impacts right because vancouver was one of the most well you know we had this moment in uh 20 the summer of 2021 there was a two-week period in august where we had more people in vancouver than we'd ever had in human history and we know this through cell phone data right but here's the thing david this is fascinating it was only canadian travelers there wasn't all these people so for two weeks we had more people and that top peak was that was a defining moment that was a moment where we were like holy like and so you know there there aren't easy answers to any of this there Mm -hmm. is in in Tlokuit territory um if you travel to the west coast of Vancouver there's this wonderful hot springs that are on an island up the coast and it's long been a place that people love to go well the Tolokuit who manage it is a park and the Tlokuit who manage it are limiting people accessing that now for the first time that'll have commercial consequences it'll have all these consequences and i really believe that the world wherever people travel in the world these are the things that we really have to figure out because i think these impacts that humans are having um and we all want to have these experiences but at what point are we damaging the you know the biodiversity of these places and that's what we saw in the pandemic time and time again and there's you know that's that's the big question how are we going to are we just going to keep inviting people to places that are maxing out? Like, how are we going to grapple with I, these issues? I, I
0: don't know because I I think we let the genie out of the bottle in in you know when we compare when we look at examples like Barcelona, and Venice. Is that ever going straight back in the bottle the same way? I, I don't think so. Right?
1: No. It's and and again our role we're trying to figure out what balance looks like for communities for places on Vancouver Island i you know we pay a, again as this social enterprise we've we've been, we've been allowed to allowed isn't the right word but we we've we've started talking to people in places like like you mentioned barcelona but there's many others and yeah. um i i think these are the conversations we want to be a part of we want to find what balance looks like for vancouver island and hopefully measure what success looks like differently than just the economic benefit of okay. it, right?
0: You, you said it in there, though, Anthony. VI is a social enterprise, but you—I will—I will—I will, I will, I will <clears throat> state this as a fact for you. You have a social license. We all feel it. We we feel right. it when you're talking in other places. Your your community has tacitly, and that's the only way we're going to get these social licenses. They're not—they're not constitutions or written down, but they are based on your letters patent and the things you claim to do as an organization. There's no question in my mind. You have a social license from a vast number of your population to go out and talk to Barcelona to figure these things out, and I think that's really cool. And I think we should come back to this discussion because we got to talk more as as professionals. How do you get that social license? It's it's earned and it's hard. You were brilliant in your timing of it. I think that helped a lot. I think a lot of people took it great. A lot of smart people took great advantage of the pandemic to do really important things, but now we got to do it on a mass scale.
1: Yeah, it's about action now. And this is what we think about all the time and why the social enterprise process is so important, because we will take what we can make and, and give it over in an impact way to things that we can support to make a difference. And we're not, you know, my dream is tens of millions of dollars, but right now we, you know, we're starting where we can start. And that's the difference we can make. It's we have to be action oriented because the industry has talked about systems, it's talked about impacts, it's talked about all these things but let's actually find something we can make a difference on. And that's us. That's what we're trying to do.
0: Well, it takes, it takes a bold first step. I got to tell you, we all sit back in awe, even after a decade of doing stuff like you did, when you, when you dropped the mic, I went, Holy smokes. <laughs> <Seth, laughs> oh, you yeah. and, and your whole team. I, I, I talked to Brian the other day. I, I, your team was fantastic. I love the open-mindedness. Um, you know if if we could do more vi um for vi that would be
1: great oh, thanks thanks it's humbling
0: thank you all right. all right so last word to you anything you want to send, say to our peers i know you and i both regularly talk to peers on the continent in the united states um dmo leaders all around the world are getting started on this
1: yeah i i, I all i can say is thanks for being a connector and i want to connect with more people that um we can start having these kind of robust discussions globally i think that's how important it is so thank you for your voice and invite me again <laughs> and i'll be here
0: yeah deal yeah. yeah. hey right. definitely didn't become blockbuster video <laughs> thanks,
1: thanks well that's good All right. All right. cheers man